Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers gotta hug. The voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. You sound like you're from London. I don't want your life. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine. Holy shnikes. Welcome to the Movie Showdown with Rock and Rob. My name is Rob Mansfield, and with me, a man who also ate a lot of paint chips as a kid, it's Alex Rockline. Also lived under power lines as a kid, Rob. How's your week going? Going great. Even better after watching these two movies, and I cannot wait to get into them. Let's delay no longer. The Rock Question of the Week. What was the dumbest thing you have ever done on a road trip, and why was it buying stale donuts when right next door were perfectly delicious, fresh, warm donuts? Yeah, this seems very specific. I think I know what you're referring to, which does tie in nicely with both of these movies, buddy road trip action. Yes, okay, so Rob and I did go on a road trip years ago, and when we started the trip, instead of taking him to probably the best donut place in Massachusetts... We went to Dunkin' Donuts. No disrespect to Dunkin' Donuts. Well. Legitimately, right next door, best donuts in Massachusetts. To be fair, I did bring you a box of them before you moved away from Massachusetts. I don't know if you remember that. That is true. Yeah, so Alex and I did a road trip from Massachusetts all the way down through Pennsylvania to Pittsburgh. Then we went out through Ohio and down to Kentucky. And then I had to fly back for work. Alex continued on his journey, but we had a couple fun days on the road together. The reason I bring up our road trip was because part of that trip was through Ohio, which also happened in Tommy Boy, one of our movies from this week. And if we are talking about Tommy Boy, we figured it was only right to compare it to the second most popular Farley Spade vehicle, Black Sheep. We do have a lot we could talk about from our road trip, but I have an idea. Let's save that in case we cover the movie road trip, and then that will be way more appropriate. Perfect. That works for me. Our two movies this week, Alex will be representing Tommy Boy. I will be representing Black Sheep. And I would say that there are four movies that really shaped my humor growing up. Two of them, Tommy Boy and Black Sheep, we're going to talk about this week. The other two, Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison. But Tommy Boy and Black Sheep have such a special place in my heart and really influenced so much of what I think is funny and what me and my friends would quote to each other still to this day. Still to this day. Yeah. Two of the most quotable movies that you're going to find. It's so funny watching them again. You know what's coming and they still make you laugh, which to me is is a sign of a great comedy. The fact that they still make you actually laugh out loud, like nothing beats that. Well, obviously we can't talk about Tommy Boy and Black Sheep without talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Farley. Ask any comedian that knew Chris Farley, and they will always say that he was the funniest guy in the room. He got his big break on SNL and was probably part of my favorite cast with Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, David Spade. We could talk about Chris Farley's SNL sketches for hours and hours. Just Google Farley SNL sketches and you will be in for a treat. I recommend Chippendales Dancing with Patrick Swayze, Lunch Lady Land with Adam Sandler, Matt Foley Motivational Speaker. And, of course, The Gap Girls. Lay off me, I'm starving. I say it all the time. Anytime I ask for a french fry from anyone, so good, still holds up. This cast was just unreal. And I remember the SNL from this era was always on rerun on Comedy Central after school. 
remember the first thing we would do, turn on the TV, catch a couple episodes. My goodness, just to think about like where that cast has been. And then Chris Farley, obviously, I think stole the show most of the time. Yeah, just amazing. Sadly, Chris Farley did pass away in the year 1997. Uh, he was only 33 years old. It's just terrible. And anytime you watch any of these movies, you just wonder what could have been because he was so good. He was so funny and he was so loved by anybody that knew him and, you know, just tragic what happened. Yeah, if you take a look at his movie career right before he died, you could just tell he was launching upwards, taking off Wings World 2, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, you know, really where it should have been the height of his career. Yeah, well, he was actually cast as the original voice of Shrek and had recorded, I think, like 85% of the dialogue. And the writers of Shrek actually patterned Donkey and Shrek's relationship after Chris Farley and David Spade's relationships from these movies. It's really sad. He was almost done filming his lines when he passed away and then SNL on Mike Meyer stepped in and the rest is history and that but you're absolutely right he was just on a meteoric rise and hitting the prime of what would have been an amazing career yeah you look at the list and it's not that long but it feels like it should be 10 times as long just because of his presence and the impact he had and the characters he played that still to this day how many years later are so relatable and quotable and he was in billy madison as a bus driver and you would have to think that he would have made many more appearances in adam sandler's movies which ones do you think he would have appeared in adam sandler has that tribute song to chris farley that he performed on snl and it was part of his netflix special couple years ago in that song he talks about filming grown-ups 3 with chris farley if he was still around so i'm gonna say obviously the grown-up movies also 50 first dates there's actually a funny reference to the callahan institute in 50 first dates which was funded out of Sandusky, Ohio by T.B. Callahan. This is obviously a reference in Fifty First Dates to Tommy Boy. And they had the same director, so you would have assumed that he'd be in that movie. But I could have just seen him popping in and out of so many Sandler movies. Yeah, absolutely. His cameo in Billy Madison is so funny. It's still one that I quote, good girl. We used to do that on the on the bus to baseball games all the time. No yelling on the bus. <laughs> we will 100% do that movie on this show. Yeah, we, we have to cover that movie. On the flip side of Chris Farley in this is David Spade. And I feel like Spade was the perfect straight man for the type of comedy that Chris Farley brought. What you saw through these two movies and with their work in SNL, Chris Farley and David Spade had something special. I'm glad that we have these movies to look back on and laugh and realize how great they were. But man, you just wonder if there was a couple more in there. So Tommy Boy and Black Sheep, both Lorne Michaels produced movies. Lorne Michaels, if you don't know, legendary creator and producer of Saturday Night Live, still going strong to this day. And Lorne has a pretty extensive list of movies that he has produced. I wouldn't say that they are critically beloved. Alex, me versus you right now. Quick draft. We'll go four each. Lorne Michaels produced movies. We'll do a snake draft. We'll draft the movie and then give a four word summary of why you drafted that movie. Each of us will automatically get the movies that we're representing. 
So you'll already have Tommy Boy and I'll already have Black Sheep. And then we'll go from there. Let's go rock, paper, scissor to see who gets first pick. Let's Ready? Rock, paper, scissor, shoot. This is an audio medium. I am holding up a rock. Alex is holding up scissors. Actually, I'm going to defer. Wow. I'm pulling a Bill Belichick right I, here. I, I appreciate this. I did not see that coming. As a snake draft, that means I'll get two picks in a row. So Alex, you get first pick. We're doing this super fast. Ready? Go. Wayne's World. We're not worthy. Mean Girls. Regina George, Varsity Blues, Hot Rod, Silly Sandberg. The Ladies' Man, Fifth Sandwich, A Night at the Roxbury. You, you me, you, you, me, you. Wayne's World 2, sequel is still funny. Lassie, Lauren produced this? Wow, wow, Lassie. Man, steal of the draft right there. Last pick for me, Baby Mama, Polar Fay, Surrogate. Love it, love it. <laughs> I love them, they're so good. That was good. Okay, Alex, why don't you tell us about Tommy Boy? Tommy Boy was released March 31st, 1995, directed by Peter Siegel, written by husband and wife combination of Bonnie Turner and Terry Turner. You may know them from Third Rock from the Sun and that 70s show. Ooh, nice. Tommy Boy had a budget of $20 million. Box office brought in $32.7 million. This movie, sadly, has a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is criminal. And Roger Ebert actually is, is famous for having this film on his most hated list that is blasphemy it is blasphemy i don't even know how you can sit down watch this movie and not think that it's an all-time great comedy alex you mentioned a 39 percent on rotten tomatoes i looked up some movies from 1995 just to compare rotten Tomatoes scores of those movies to tommy boy do you want to hear some movies that had a higher rotten tomato score than tommy boy Oh, that's going to hurt, but yes, I do want to hear. Batman Forever with a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Net, that's the Sandra Bullock. We don't really know what the internet is, but we're going to make a movie about it with a 44%. Free Willy 2 Ooh. with a 50%. Ouch. Three Ninjas Knuckle Up. That's the third one of the Three <laughs> Ninja Saga with a 41%. The Brady Bunch movie with a 63%. And finally, Sudden Death with a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. Alex, I don't know if you know what Sudden Death is, but that is the Jean-Claude Van Damme die hard in a hockey arena movie where he has to save the whole arena from blowing up. And at one point, for whatever reason, dresses up in goalie gear and goes and plays in the Stanley Cup finals for a really important part of the game. Oh, I, yeah, I saw that movie when it was called Threat Level Midnight with Michael Scarn. I feel like Threat Level Midnight may have been a better version of that. Yeah, with Golden Face, uh, yeah. So you said Rotten Tomatoes 39%. What did the Google audience score give it? Google audience score has a 76%, which still seems very low. Yes. However, Tommy Boy is one of Paramount's top 10 best-selling videos of all time, and it's made nearly $100 million in home video sales. That makes sense. I own it. I feel like I rented it before I owned it 100 times. Yeah, I own it, and it's it's been played to death. It was a staple at sleepovers in middle school. Yes. All right, let me give you my side with Black Sheep. Director was Penelope Spheris. Writer was Fred Wolf, who had actually done an 
uncredited rewrite of Tommy Boy. So they gave him this movie to try to make up for that. The budget was $12 million. Box office brought in $32.4 million and a Rotten Tomatoes score of 28%. Black Sheep was actually one of three movies that film critic Gene Siskel walked out on during his 30-year career. I can understand maybe not liking this movie, but how do you walk out on it? It's still really funny and entertaining. Yeah, I don't know how you walk out on it, especially with Chris Farley and David Spade. Like, you know that there's going to be funny parts. And there are funny parts. I feel like the movie gets better as the movie goes on. I love this movie. I'm happy to watch it all the time. But even if you don't love this movie, there are a few scenes that are worth sticking around for. Google audience gives this movie a 72%. Well, so there are similarities between the two movies. Let's kind of break it down. I actually watched both of these movies on the same day when I did my rewatch. Yeah, sure. There's there's some road trip, you know, moments. Tommy Boy, obviously more so. But in Black Sheep, I think one of the more memorable moments is them traveling around the state of Washington. I would say both these movies use moths as a joke. In Tommy Boy, there's the one scene where the windows open. And then in Black Sheep, Chris Farley's character, Mike, has that line about bats being attracted to light. I got an idea, okay? I'll open the fridge. You hit the lights. Bats are attracted to light. Buy in the fridge, I close the door, end of story. That's moths, you dumbass, not bats. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there's two football references in each movie. Tommy Boy, when he takes Rob Lowe cow tipping, and when he's playing football with the kids in Black Sheep. Both times, the only play he runs, so with the cow, he's pretending to play football. They run the uh, 32 belly option. On two, on two. <laughs> nice. Chris Farley's brothers are actually in both movies. They are in the wedding scene in Tommy Boy, and they are in the rock the vote scene in Black Sheep as the security guards. Both of the movies, Chris Farley does get hit by David Spade with an object. In both movies, Chris Farley and David Spade get pulled over while driving. Speaking of driving, the same car that's used in Tommy Boy, if you look closely in the beginning of Black Sheep parked outside the rec center, is a very similar car. Hood is missing, car doors ripped off, and the cover that the deer ripped off is also missing as well. The last similarity that I could think of about these movies is that Chris Farley says often, shut up, and then the name of David Spade's character. So in Tommy Boy, it's shut up, Richard. And in Black Sheep, shut up, Steve. I do have to admit early on, shut up, Richard is much funnier than shut up, Steve. Yeah, it, it is. And I noticed that too. And he kept saying shut up, Steve. I don't know if maybe he said shut up, Spade a lot and show yeah. shut up, Steve was similar <laughs> to shut up, Spade. Sense. But it would have been funnier if they called him Steven. Shut up, Steven. Yeah, that would have been funnier. I think it's the two-syllable name. Yeah. Richard, yeah. yeah. My first thought before we head into these rounds is to literally just play the movie start to finish because you and I will not be able to do justice how funny they are, but I'm pretty sure that borders on... Probably some sort of copyright infringement. So we're just going to jump into it and do our best. So round one, best cast or performance. So Tommy Boy, obviously Chris Farley is our leading man, along with David Spade. Also co-starring in Tommy Boy, Brian Dennehy, who I think plays a very realistic version of Chris Farley's dad. They look like they could very much be related. I agree. Bo Derek plays Tommy's quote-unquote stepmother. There's a nice reference there when you first meet her character and she's in the pool. Chris Farley goes, ooh, she's a 10. 
so Bo Derek and Brian Dennehy appeared in the movie 10. Uh, and I feel like that is some sort of intentional writing there to kind of have a nice callback. Oh, definitely. You have Dan Aykroyd, another SNL alum. He filmed his scenes only in a few days. He was such a good character. Would have liked to see more of him for sure. Julie Warner plays Michelle. Then you have Rob Lowe coming in to play Tommy's new brother. I just love Rob Lowe. And just to think about movies and television, and he's had such a successful career in both, which is not that common. And he plays all sorts of characters. I feel like in this era, he kind of plays like that sleazy, you know, he's like the antagonist. I'm thinking in Wayne's world, he's kind of so he's kind of slimy. I think Rob Lowe was great in this. He did almost have a scheduling conflict and almost had to drop out. And do you know who they were considering to take his place? Who's that? None other than the great Matthew McConaughey. Oh, wow. Imagine. I love Maddie Mick. I'm going to see if I can make that stick. Second podcast I call him Maddie Mick. We're going to make it's it gonna, catch on. It's catching on. It's catching on. I love Maddie Mick, but Rob Lowe was so good. He played the sle- You were right. He played the sleazy guy so good. All right. In Black Sheep, we've got Tim Matheson, who plays Chris Farley's older brother, Al. I do not think they look like brothers. No. I found this tidbit interesting. So Chris Farley idolized John Belushi. John Belushi, known for his role in Animal House. And it was insisted by director Penelope Spheris that the role of Chris Farley's brother be played by a castmate from the National Lampoon Animal House movie. They initially offered the role to Kevin Bacon, but he declined. And eventually it went to Bacon's co-star from that movie, Tim Matheson. I think Tim Matheson was great in this. Kevin Bacon would have been awesome. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Also, Bruce McGill, he played Governor Tracy's. I don't know what would his title have been. Yeah. (laughs) He was in Animal House as well. Christine Ebersole played Governor Tracy. Glenn Close was the first choice to play Governor Tracy. Oh. That would have been interesting. That would have been a good one. And then good old Gary Busey as a crazed former military man or current military man. I don't know. We don't really get much on him other than he's wild in this movie. He's disturbing. If I had to just go cast the cast... I think Rob Lowe probably tips the scale in the favor of Tommy Boy. But I don't think we can decide this category based just on actors alone. So what I want to do is I want to go through our top five Farley lines and our top three Spade lines for each movie. And we'll see which ones we think make us laugh more. So Alex, you list out your top five Farley lines from Tommy Boy, and then I'll counter with my top five from Black Sheep. Okay, so in no particular order, these are the lines that either I still quote them, they still get me every single time, or they're just classics. The scene where Tommy and Michelle are out in the boat and there's no wind. My dad gave me this boat. We'd come out here late at night when there's no one else on the lake. And then he'd be over there on the shore and he'd yell, quit playing with your dinghy. (laughs) That one gets me every time. Such a good play on words. I'm pretty sure when I was growing up, I had no clue what that meant other than like I was interpreting it as. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know what dinghy was a small boat. Yeah. Dinghy. So good. Anyway. I would say when Chris Farley flies in to Ohio, David Spade picks him up at the airport and he's talking about how he called him. I did call. I called earlier or later. And then David Spade, what number did you call? Two, four, niner, five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie talkie? Just that part where Chris Farley's character is spinning. You know, he knows he's kind of screwed up already. Oh, man. See, I would say that's a funnier Spade line than Farley. 
It might be. See, the thing with spade lines, they play off of Chris Farley's line, so it's hard to... Yeah, maybe I'll save that for spade. You could do what you want. I... Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some more ones. <laughs> this happens a couple times near the beginning when Tommy's dad is showing him his new office, and he's like, "Can I open my eyes yet, Dad?" <laughs> it's like, "Dad, I didn't tell you you needed to." That gets me every time. Oh uh, man, when he's in his office and he sees his fridge, and he goes, "Oh, you can fit six packs of." soda in here they're in the factory and they're in the new brake pad division and someone turns on the machine that like those like hooks are like starting to to, to go and he's he's doing his like karate routine and then tommy's dad is talking to the shareholders and they stop and look at him and he's like yeah i was just checking the specs on the rotary girders i'm an idiot <laughs> it's just so good when he meets Rob Lowe for the first time and brothers don't shake hands, brothers gotta hug. The way he delivers it. I mean, that's like the classic line of the movie and I gotta put it on the list. Part of our intro. I think the great thing about these movies are you just listed five lines there. And if I were to list my top five lines from this movie, I think they'd be five completely different lines. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just take a chunk of the movie and you're gonna pull out five to 10 really good lines. All right, let me give you my five for Black Sheep. There's the scene towards the beginning when he's talking with David Spade's character and he slams the hood on his thumbs and he's freaking out and he says, please pop the hood. And Spade's like, what latch? Where do you want me to? And then he just screams, just pop the hood. (laughs) And just his ability to scream in a funny way. That one got me. The scene where he is going to the well to pull the bucket up and there's all these snakes in there. And I'm terrified of snakes too. So when I see that, I'm freaking out too. And he's freaking out. They're sprinting away. And as they're running away, he says, one looked at me. (laughs) (laughs) I love that he's also like rubbing them off of him. He's like trying to like... And they didn't get anywhere near first <laughs> yeah, yeah. jump on them. Oh, man. <laughs> the entire checkers scene is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I've never won three games in a row. I, I hardly ever played checkers. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of easy to win when you um... never move your back, bro! <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I'm playing checkers, I say that. And then there's a tag on the end of it when then Spade goes like, okay, where would you want me to move? And he says, move this one here. It's safe. I swear it's safe. And then Spade does it. And he's like, that wasn't safe at all. What an idiot. (laughs) King me. (laughs) It's uh, such a good, such a good scene. Basically the entire time they're at that cabin. I mean, just let Spade and Farley cook. Those scenes are golden. Yeah. But okay, two more. I like when he rolls down the hill. And he's hanging on to the roots and he says, oh, thank you, little roots. Please stay strong. (laughs) And then they immediately just rip out. That scene does a great job at, you know, so when he falls for the first time, you can tell it's coming. And it's like, okay, that's funny. It's Chris Farley. (laughs) But then each subsequent fall is funnier because you like don't like, is he going to fall? Okay, there he goes again. Uh, and so then good. he just lands at the end, just kind of like dust himself off. And yeah. Oh, man, he does. He like stands up. He looks <laughs> like he'd been through a war, but he just walks it off. And then the whole concert rock the vote scene is really good. But you got to go with that's one small step for man. One giant. I have a dream. That is my favorite line, I think, from the movie. It's like a classic Farley delivery, too. Okay. Top three Spade lines from Tommy Boy. What do you got? David Spade, he is just like the king of one-liners, and he feeds off of Chris Farley's lines so well. 
before the first sales call, Chris Farley's nervous and he's like, get a suit on. He's like, does this suit make me look fat? And then David Spade goes, no, your face does. It's so mean, but so funny. It's so good. And the, that actually, that line is taken from a real life event. Oh, interesting. So, okay. So seriously. They said it to each other and then it was written in because of that. Yeah. So I think that makes it even funnier. Still, one of my favorites is after they hit the deer and they think the deer's dead and they're trying to figure out what to do with it. David Spade goes, oh, we should take it to the vet. And then he says, you take a dead animal to the vet. He says, I'll take you to the vet. <laughs> Just it's, it's so dumb, but it makes me laugh so hard every time I hear it. And then I think for me, the final one would be they're in the car after David Spade picks up Chris Farley from the airport. He's got that huge bag of M&Ms that he puts on the dash and they all... <laughs> fall in david spade's worried about them melting and chris farley's like oh you don't have to worry about it they have a thin candy shell i'm surprised you didn't know that and he goes i think your brain is a thick candy shell <laughs> just, that is so it. good all right my top three from black sheep i love it when spade gets sprayed with the fire extinguisher and farley sees him and says did you fall in some mud or something and spade responds yeah i did and i'm gonna be rich because i'm the only person on earth who knows where you can find white mud <laughs> i like when the i think it's right after the rock hits the cabin and everything falls off the wall and mm-hmm. farley gets crushed by the fridge and spade goes you okay i'm just dandy i got a bowl of chocolate pudding in my underpants we didn't have any pudding in there buddy yeah it's <laughs> so good so good And then last is when Farley really screws up the rock the vote thing and finally comes back to the cabin and they're just sitting and Spade just says to him, are you or are you not the black angel of death? (laughs) (laughs) He's just he's the master at the deadpan. It's so good. He's He's so good. good. I don't really know how we're going to decide this. I think we both presented some pretty good lines. But I think the depth of jokes in Tommy Boy probably puts it over the top. Yeah, I think the difference is really Tommy Boy just doesn't quit. You know, it's just like one yeah. after another. And there's so many. And I think the comment you made really holds true. It's my top five might not be your top five. Yeah, there aren't many that miss. OK, Tommy Boy takes a one nothing lead. Round two, best liner moment. I want to talk in this category about the top three scenes from each. Comedies, that's what these things are. They're just joke. They're funny scenes. They're what makes you laugh. Give me your top three scenes for Tommy Boy. Actually, have a mix of pure comedy versus just really good scenes. I think the scene at the beginning when Tommy arrives at the factory and they're giving the tour to the shareholders and he walks in immediately, doesn't even have his helmet on, walks into the thing, like lose it every time. Everyone knows him. Everyone's saying hey to him. Like you can tell how important this company is to these people, to this town. It's just a nice moment, but it's so funny because then you have these ridiculous. I think we we already covered the the quote with the the rotary girders, and I think it's just a great way to set the scene for the rest of the movie. You know, you see Big Tom, and he's always making a sale, and Tommy is he gets it. He does. He's really trying, but you know, he's going to say or do something stupid. And then you have Richard, who's just kind of like lost in the shadows, but he's going to do whatever it takes to make everything right. So you're saying one of your scenes is from when he first enters the factory to when he gets into his office. Yeah. Does that count as a scene? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So the scene where he enters the factory and pretty much until he gets into his office, I think that's just a great way to set the tone for the rest of the movie. And Second for me, it's when he's first starting 
when he lights the guy's car, his little toy model car on fire. The first maybe he gets. Yeah, and he's going through that whole spiel. Now let's see what happens when you're driving with the other guy's brake pads. You're driving along, you're driving along, and all of a sudden the kids are yelling from the back seat, I gotta go to the bathroom, Daddy! Not now, damn it! Truck tire! I can't stop! Help! There's a cliff! And your family's screaming, Oh my God, we're burning alive! No, I can't feel my legs! In comes a meat wagon! And the medic gets out and says, Oh my God! New guy's in the corner puking his guts out. All because you want to save a couple extra pennies. And to me, it doesn't get out. Now! Get out! And then, do you validate? Get out! And then... (laughs) they're on the road trip they're driving they can't pick a song on the radio they're switching back and forth and then the song by the carpenters comes on and they're both just kind of like looking at each other i can live with it if you can (laughs) and then it cuts back to them singing just like tears streaming and then the hood pops up and just (laughs) it's just oh man those are good scenes those are good scenes and again there's a million more there's so many I'm like really surprised at some that you're leaving on the table. I know my favorite scenes from black sheep. I really like when he's making a campaign call and he's at the rec center and he's got the headband on with the phone stuck in the headband. He's making a pitch for his brother. He says thing like Al Donnelly is just a man with a dream. He's like, I had a dream and then goes into this wild, wild dream that he had and starts turning into the are you crying? Oh my Lord. I am so sorry, honey. Please don't. Could you get your daddy on the phone? <laughs> and you realize he's talking to like a seven year old. That's yeah. That's very good writing. Oh man. That's really good. The whole scene at the end, basically from when they expose governor Tracy and her illegal tactics all the way through the credits. But I really like when Gary Busey tries to lift him up and he says, you're a large American. And then he falls on Governor Tracy and the podium traps him and he's just thrusting on top of her. And it's such juvenile humor, but it just gets me. I think it's so funny. That's the thing. There's a lot of juvenile humor. And I think if anyone other than Chris Farley, he's just the perfect person for a lot of these lines or scenes. He's one of those guys that like, no matter what he did or said, he's just funny. Like he can't not be funny, even when he's not trying to be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have to say my favorite scene in Black Sheep, though, is basically from when they get the police car to when they get to the governor's mansion, specifically when the NOS leaks, they're talking about row ads and how wonderful word that is. (laughs) Then the officer pulls him over. They're in the police car, so the officer thinks that they're cops, too, and he says, Tell me, officer, do you have any idea how fast you were going? Well, I got a 426 Hemi in her. Three-quarter cams, nitro boosters. I can get her up to as good as 155. Never do, though, of course, unless I'm chasing a cute chick in a Ferrari. (laughs) I guess I was going about 65 tops. Seven. Seven miles an hour. And normally, when I stop people, they pull under the shoulder. <laughs> Pan out, and he's in the he's in the he's in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's in the middle of the road. It's that whole sequence is so funny. Even like when he's he's making the the joke about his name, it's so dumb. 
But the way he looks back at David Spade, like, hey, did you hear what I said? And David Spade's like, you're an idiot. Just their looks to each other. Just so funny. I think that that police car scene holds up against any of the scenes in Tommy Boy. But like we said for the round before this, I think top to bottom, Tommy Boy is probably a little deeper. It just shows a range, too, that the movie can have, like... You, you think of the movie as like a dumb comedy, Chris Farley and whatever, slapsticky. And it's got some good, like real moments in it. And I appreciate how they use that and comedy to tell the whole story. Okay, Tommy Boy, 2 nothing lead, heading into round three. Better title, better soundtrack. So, Alex, I want to throw a little early trivia at Ooh, you. Let's hear it. Did you know that the original working title for Tommy Boy was actually Billy the Third, a Midwestern. However, one of my other favorite movies, Billy Madison, was being released around the same time. The producers of Tommy Boy thought that wouldn't be a smart idea, so they changed the name to avoid confusion. Other names considered included Fat Chance and XL before settling on Tommy Boy. Wasn't Rocky Road another... Yes. Which is funny because that's one of your nicknames for me. It's one of my better nicknames for you. I don't know what that says about how bad my nickname list is, but <laughs> I don't know. You got some good ones. We'll have to do a draft of nicknames later. Maybe. Yeah, but OK, so, you know, I love when movies say the title. However, they freaking say Tommy Boy a lot. This might be a case of it working against them because I kept the counter because they said it and then they said it again. And then in the, the wedding scene. The dad says it like four or five times, like rapid fire. I got up to 10. Oh ten my times. gosh, wow. And we're talking like the very beginning to even the very end when uh, Zelinsky, who's Dan Aykroyd's character, calls him Tommy Boy. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, I might be a little uh, beating, beating the horse there a little bit too much. On the flip side, in Black Sheep, while they don't audibly say Black Sheep in the movie, there is a newspaper headline about Chris Farley's character calling him a Black Sheep which I, I did appreciate. I did notice that too. That was a nice touch. Naturally, I, don't, I, I feel like Black Sheep would have been way too obvious to drop into this movie. Yeah. It is implied. Everyone knows what that term means. Yeah, so they found a subtle way to, to get it in there. So I did, I did like that. So if we were just going title versus title, I would say Black Sheep takes it. But we got to talk about soundtrack too. Now in Black Sheep, they don't really have any needle drops they do have a kind of election presidential type score yeah didn't really do much for me it set the tone early on that oh we're dealing with something political here but tommy boy had way more needle drops tommy boy just the scene too when they're in that we talked about where they're in the car and all those songs come on i mean you got come on eileen uh end of the world eris 2 the the spanish song (laughs) that they're singing yeah the song in the diner uh, I'm sorry. Oh, after their yeah, fight. Yeah. Yep. It's just very good use of, of music in the movie. Yeah. If you were going to the store and you were going to buy a soundtrack, you would buy the Tommy Boy soundtrack before you bought the Black Sheep soundtrack for sure. Speaking of, of some of the songs that they hear on the radio, what's your road trip playlist? If it's just me, I'll listen to podcasts. But we do a lot of family trips. This summer alone, we went up back up to Massachusetts. That was a, a lengthy trip. We drove down to North Carolina. That was a lengthy trip. So we actually have a family road trip playlist. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, it is um, primarily songs that I and my wife like, songs from the 80s and 90s that I like to play. I want my kids to be exposed to that type of music. It's definitely a lot of Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, and uh, Dashboard Confessional. 
Oh, nice. That's very similar to a playlist that we have. It's a it's like a best of the 90s. Yeah, I want uh, well-rounded children. Well, if we're just going on soundtrack, I'd have to give the point to Tommy Boy. But that leaves us as title, better, Black Sheep, soundtrack, better, Tommy Boy. We're at a one-to-one tie yeah. here. We're at a tie. I'm going to suggest something to, to break this tie. What do you got? I got something near and dear to my heart, which are movie posters. Oh, yeah. I love movie posters. Obviously, you do, too, for... Anyone that sees our clips, you can see the ones behind Rob. I am severely lacking in my my background, but maybe that'll change soon. I'd like to compare the Tommy Boy movie poster and the Black Sheep movie poster. I gotta say, I think the Black Sheep one is way more fun. Like, Tommy Boy is... I'm standing there. Tommy is obviously a little, you know, disheveled. The car's in the background. They're on the road, so obviously a road trip, like Midwestern-y, like middle of nowhere. But Black Sheep, Chris Farley is hanging from... Some sort of like red, white, and blue flag. And David Spade's like on the podium. Like, oh, here we go. You know, it's like, I feel like it just captures their relationship much better. It's just way more fun. And, you know, we always come back to the the fun aspect of things. So I think if I were to to use this as a tiebreaker, I'd lean Black Sheep. I'm going to take it. So that puts us two to one, Tommy Boy. That takes us into round four. Bigger plot holes, more cringy, and some random questions. I will talk about Tommy Boy. Alex will talk about Black Sheep. Let's get into it. So the plot holes I had for Tommy Boy, why wouldn't they just put a guarantee on the box? They make a whole big thing about how their products are guaranteed, but they don't want to put it on the box. Why? Just do it. Yeah, that was a weird hill to die on. It really made no sense. There was no password protect on the computer. Maybe there wasn't. I don't remember computers back in the mid 90s, but you would think that in an office type setting, there still would have been like a password protect on that computer, especially when it was such a big deal that she doesn't use a file cabinet. Yeah. Like I know computers were like newer in that sense of using them as a tool like that. Yeah, there had to be a option to have a password. Lastly, I love this scene so much, but there are some plot holes in it for sure. And that is when Farley and Spade dress up as flight attendants and sneak onto the plane. Now, I got to give a shout out to one of my best friends, Connor Shanley, Captain Connor Shanley of United Airlines. And him and I, even pre you and I, Alex, go back to loving both of these movies. So I asked him in Tommy Boy, when they pretend to be flight attendants to get on the plane to Chicago. How impossible would that be? And this is his response. Very impossible, LOL, even pre-9-11. The original crew would have to not show up. If that happened, they would have to have the specific flight attendant uniforms. If that happened, they would have to have specific, correct working ID badges. And if that happened, they would have to be able to sneak past the gate agent. And then if that happened, they would have to get past the staff working on the plane. So essentially, he said, no shot in the world that that would work. The stars aligned for them to do that. I mean, they did make the comment like, oh, we were going to be short staffed this flight. But yeah, I mean, like even pre 9-11. Yeah, there's no way you're getting past that. They were pulling a catch me if you can before Spielberg made catch me if you can. Oh, man, I love that movie. That's a good movie. Couple cringy parts in Tommy Boy. They did use the R word a bunch which just stands out so abruptly. Mm-hmm. Yep. There was a lot of weight jokes, and while they were really funny, still, like, we're not for body shaming here on the movie yeah. showdown. Right, right. There wasn't a lot of dated jokes, but they did make a Tony Robbins comment, which I felt was pretty dated. I feel like if a 15-year-old were to watch this movie now, they would have no idea who that was. 
Yeah, no, I totally on the list showing the exam grades in the beginning of the movie. If you take a closer look, one of the names on the list is Helen Keller and she got an F. And then one of the other names is Michael Jackson and he got a D plus. Eh, probably shouldn't make Helen Keller jokes. I don't know. Yeah, that one, that one definitely did not age well. No, no. Some random questions I had. Did we really need the little kid opening? So when he's he's late for school and he's running to catch the bus and Richard is on his bike. Late again, Tommy. See, for me, that scene just sets the movie because I love the cut when he's running and then the exhaust from the bus comes up and then it cuts to him present day. Okay. All right. Missed the Fine. shuttle. Fine. It kind of just shows you that he's from the small town. Everybody knows everybody. When he's a kid, you know, he grew up with with Richard. And then when he's an adult, he works with Richard eventually. And nothing has changed. Neither of them have changed. The responsible kid who's on time rides his own bike. And then the kid who's late. All right. All right. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay. I have a couple questions around the pool naked lady scene. So I have done a lot of travel for different jobs and stayed at a lot of hotels. No one is getting naked in a pool that is in the middle of all of the hotel rooms. Unless you're some type of like voyeuristic type person. That's just not happening. Yeah, maybe you're staying at the wrong hotels. Maybe you're (laughs) staying at the right hotels. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So Spade is watching this lady out the window and then you hear a zipper sound insinuating that he is about to the the family podcast. But we saw that he was just wearing regular boxers, so there wouldn't have been a zipper Mm -hmm. to undo. I'm grasping for straws here, but they have a scene where Spade and Farley pitch up a hitchhiker and it has literally zero impact on the movie at all. I, (laughs) I forgot about that when they, when they showed it, I was like, wait, does this person have a line? No, no, (laughs) nothing. (laughs) It's literally no reason. Was Tommy's dad's sales pitch actually good? The one that he did at the wedding, the whole, you could get a good look at a T-bone steak by sticking your head up a bull, but wouldn't you rather take the butcher's word for it? I I don't, is that actually a good sales pitch? Yeah, it does make me wonder, is he a good salesman or is he just intimidating? He definitely commands a room and he's got the confidence like, yeah, exactly. Is he good or what? Which that's what sales is. I mean, it's just confidence. But still, the more I thought about that line, it's like, I don't actually think that's a great sales pitch. But yeah. Last question. So Bo Derek's character at the end of the movie, it shows her walking off with Dan Aykroyd while Rob Lowe's character is getting in trouble. But wouldn't she have gotten in trouble, too? She was part of this plan. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she was one that fake married him. She's not just like going to have dinner with Dan Aykroyd that night. She's she is also going to jail. Yeah. Give me black sheep. Yeah, a couple plot holes really centered. The whole plot is around this election. They sneak in and they get the voting records like that night. Like, how are they already available? Like, instantly? If modern elections have shown me anything is that you you have to wait. Well, I don't want to say modern. I mean, I think in the 90s that happened too, right? Yeah, you have to certify. Like, there's so many. Yeah. They wouldn't just be like sitting in a box and like what, an hour after polling closed? Especially like when <laughs> like some of the polling stations are... <laughs> on someone's you know at someone's house yeah it was like someone's driveway also like the voter fraud numbers were so off this was a governor's election which governor races are pretty highly followed by the national news oh they're huge they I mean they're like one step below presidential elections like it's a big deal i feel like who's that guy that's in washington with the the statistical board going through well this county and 
Steve? Is his name Steve? Yeah, I think it's Steve. He's saying, well, these numbers aren't really adding up. There was only supposed to be 100 voters left, and there was 2,000 votes that came in. Someone's catching that. You're right. There is a science to election forecasting and counting votes. I mean, it's a movie. Of course, there's going to be some gray area there. But yeah, those were... (laughs) Those are just like, really? Like, wow. Okay. All right. All right. I got some questions for you. Uh, Getting back to the, (laughs) to that voting scene. I really like this scene, but the scene where the polling place is in someone's driveway, like, really? Like, is that really? They're in Washington. Like, it's a, (laughs) it's a pretty big state. I feel like all polling places around me have always been at schools or public buildings. So like firehouses, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's my experience as well. If any listeners have ever voted in a driveway, let us know. So yeah, after the roof blows off, would you stay in the cabin? No, no. I I don't know why they wouldn't just go get a hotel or go sleep in the car. After the mines go off around Gary Busey's character's bus house, all the comment was, well, it's a nice security system. (laughs) Just (laughs) like keep going. I am getting the heck out of there. Yep. Okay, the bat scene. He's like, I caught him. And he's like, oh, let's see. Would you really? Like, the second you open it, it would fly away. Like, I know he didn't catch it, but. Yeah, they opened it in the house. It was like, yeah. That doesn't add up. You shake it. And then if it's something hard, like heavy in there, you're like, okay, I got it. And then you go oh, outside. PETA's going to be real mad at you for trying to shake bats. Gently. Ugh, I don't know the right word. Just go outside and open it. There you go. Go outside and open it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this one. This one is like the biggest one. I don't know. This is not really a plot hole, but this is like my biggest question. Why is the kid from like the rec center job who's got a really good arm, football player, why is he such a part in this movie? Like, there was one part where they just show him sitting on the bench at the park because Chris Farley's character didn't show up. And I was like, I forgot about that kid. And then he's at the end at the airport. Like, <laughs> what's the point of this character? I have absolutely no idea. I kept waiting for that to come back to. I was like, do I just not remember what happens? And it's like, no, nothing happens. I guess they're trying to reinforce like, okay, he's giving back to the community. He works at the rec center. This is his whole life. He's kind of taking this kid under his wing, but like there's no payoff. It definitely did not really make sense. And then my last question is, is the scene Chris Farley's characters on the stage making his his speech, which is very funny, goes on for so long. Like, why isn't his brother coming out? Why isn't he calling for security to come get him? Like, why is everyone allowing him to be on stage? Like, I get at first they think it's Al. But Al's there. Why wouldn't he have just gone out? Yeah, they would have got him off the stage. Which way you lean in for this round? I mean, the plot holes aren't really there for either of them. So I, I don't know if that's really one that we could judge on. I think for this one, I would probably look more at what's more cringy. I hate to say it, but I think Tommy Boy might have more of those instances in this case. I would agree. I think Tommy Boy has so much good in it, but there's definitely some cringy things that didn't age as well in today's climate. So uh, I'm going to take that point. Black Sheep wins round four. So we are tied two to two. Two to two. All right. That takes us into round five, our miscellaneous question of the week. Since both these movies have such great one-liners, we thought it would be fun to go back and forth on lines that we haven't spoken about. But Alex will talk about his favorite lines from Black Sheep, and I will talk about my favorite lines from Tommy Boy, give each other an opportunity to talk about movies that we're not representing and then we'll just decide at the end which ones we liked more. Black Sheep, one of the good lines from when they first get to the cabin is immediately Chris Farley says, I got dibs on Top Bunk. And then, you know, it comes back to hit him, you know, hit him later with the, with the hail. But I just love, I, I love that immediate. Yeah. 
the hail's coming down and you just hear spade underneath. I got dibs on top bunk. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. That part, that's a good callback. That was, that was a good moment. I really like when Tommy is trying to do the Darth Vader voice into the fan. Luke, Luke, I am. I still do that every time I see a fan. <laughs> okay, I got one for you. David Spade's character uh, has a great line. He says, how can you have such horrible instincts and survive this long? I like when right after the hotel scene, when Farley walks in on Spade and he keeps making the blah, 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 jokes, family podcast. And he says about the, the woman, she must go out with one of the Yankees. And then he asks him, who's your favorite little rascal? Is it Alfalfa or is it Spanky? <laughs> and then just subtly under his voice, he says, sinner. Yes. <laughs> just the way he says, delivers those lines, too. It's so good. It's so good. Okay, I'll go. I'll go from someone not in not out of Farley and Spade. Uh, Gary Busey's character has a great line towards the end. He says, that's my granddad. Rest in pieces, which I caught it like afterwards. I'd rewind it, but that made me laugh out loud. Farley and Spade's first scene together when Farley says, a lot of people go to college for seven years and Spade responds, I know they're called doctors. <laughs> Classic. I got another one. It's the in the cabin when they see the bat. And David Spade is like, touch it. <laughs> just Chris Farley like pretends to touch it, but clearly doesn't. Just the look he gives them. And then <laughs> when he does, and then the bat flies away and he goes, oh, it's Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's so good. I like when he's out on the boat and those kids are yelling at him and he's trying to be nice. And then finally he just says, you better pray to the God of skinny punks. <laughs> Oh, man, that's a good one. Um, okay, getting back to the scene, the driveway voting scene. He gets stuck, he can't get out, and then he knocks over the, the voting booth, and the two old ladies are on either side of him, and then he like fights his way out, he destroys the whole thing, and then David Spade just looks at him and he goes, who'd you vote for? So good. Okay, um, man, I still have a couple. We would be remiss if we didn't mention the fat guy in a little coat yep. line. It's a classic. I really, really like when they're trying to pull that B trick with the cop cars mm -hmm. and they're out. I've always wondered if that would work, one. But two, Same. he's screaming, bees, bees, bees in the car, bees everywhere. God, they're huge and they sting crazy. They're ripping my flesh off. Run away. Your firearms are useless against them. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he sticks that in at the very end. Yeah, that's really good. Okay. I mean, we were going line for line and... I had a bunch more for Tommy Boy. I mean, we're going to have to give this point to Tommy Boy. It just kind of never ends for Tommy Boy. So that puts us at a three to two advantage for Tommy Boy going into round six. Better trivia. Tommy graduates from Marquette University, which was where Chris Farley went to school in real life. He is seen wearing a Marquette rugby jacket in the movie. And in real life, he was on the Marquette rugby team. I like that. That's cool. So in the scene where Mike yells at Steve during the checkers match, that was actually based on a real interaction that Chris Farley had with somebody while they were making Tommy Boy. According to David Spade, when they were flying back and forth between 
Toronto, where the film was shooting, and New York, where they were doing SNL. Farley and his assistant were playing checkers on the plane, and when he kept beating Farley, Farley got real angry and screamed that to him. And so they put it in this movie. I love that they put some of those things in. Okay, so in the motel room scene, on the TV in the background, there's a preview for Naked Gun 33 and a Third, The Final Insult, which came out in 1994. The reason that is relevant is because this was also directed by Peter Siegel. Oh, throwing his own work in there, trying to generate some some extra buzz. Yeah, I like that. In the scene where Farley gets high at the Rock the Vote concert and starts eating all the chicken wings, I did my best to count how many wings he had eaten in that scene. You can't find this information anywhere. I did the hard work here and I counted. I love this. This is this is why I, I, lo- I love the effort you put in here, Rob. There was no less than 28 wings consumed backstage which that's a lot of wings that is a lot of wings you said no less there had to be probably way more we're not dealing with ultra hd 4k with the film of this so there could have been some like stacked on top of each other i did the best i could no less than 28 i like that that was good that was a good sleuthing Okay, uh, Zelensky's skyscraper is actually the Fox Plaza building located in Los Angeles. And you might know this as Nakatomi Plaza from Die Hard. Oh, I love Die Hard. Same building. That's awesome. I do like that. That's cool. Okay, David Spade makes a Jan Brady comment in this movie. He says, when talking about Gary Busey's character, my God, this guy is like Leatherface, Chucky, and Jan Brady rolled into one. Spade would go on to have a cameo role in the Brady Bunch sequel, a very Brady sequel, as Sergio, the hairstylist. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Fat guy in a little coat was actually based on a joke that Chris used to play on David Spade in real life when they were on SNL together. That's cool. There seems like a lot of stuff that they pulled from real life into these movies. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay, I have one from the Chris Farley Foundation website, which his brothers had started in remembrance of him. So while in college, Chris spent his summers as a counselor at a boys camp in northern Wisconsin. It was called Red Arrow Camp, and that's where all of the Farley boys went as kids. Chris apparently loved being at this camp, and it was at this camp where he actually developed his love for acting His brothers kind of remember Chris working at this camp, full of life, walking down the right path, and kind of feels like him being a camp counselor, helping the young men at this camp, probably influenced his character in Black Sheep a little bit. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. You know, like a mentor taking kids under his wing. I think it's cool that that's where he fell in love with acting. Like we said, gone too soon. I'm going to have to push you on this one a little bit. At first glance, the diehard connection to Tommy Boy and the Marquette connection I thought was really cool. But I put in the hard work of counting how many wings were in that scene. I think Black Sheep should get this point here. I think you counting the wings is probably the more impressive of any of the stuff that's that's occurred here. All right. Yeah, I think that does slide the needle over to your side on this one. Nice. Okay. Three to three. Going into round seven. Honestly, didn't think it was going to be this close. I didn't think it was going to be this close either. And I think that's the whole point of what we're doing here. At first glance, you know, it might look one way, but you break it down and you learn some new things. So round seven, better story, script, more fun. We talked about some of the similarities between the movies in the beginning, but I feel like this is where we can really see the difference. Tommy Boy is so much more joke heavy and it's so fast paced. It's just joke, 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 
with some heart mixed in. I feel like Black Sheep has much more physical gags, less jokes, more yelling. Still some really funny parts, but less joke heavy. And I actually feel like there's a reason for that. So I said earlier that I think Black Sheep could have been just as good as Tommy Boy if it wasn't for a few things. And no disrespect to the director, but I do not think she was the right choice for this movie. Spade said in an interview that he wishes the film was directed by Peter Seagal, who had directed him and Farley in Tommy Boy. Seagal was actually asked to return for Black Sheep, but he declined because he felt so exhausted from making Tommy Boy. So they bring on Penelope Spheris, and she did not get along with Spade during filming. Spade kept complaining to her that he and Farley needed more scenes together as that's what made Tommy Boy work. And Spheris didn't like their comedic chemistry, thought Farley was way more talented than Spade, and in fact had said, I don't think I've ever even smiled at anything David Spade has ever done. And she said she still has a recording that Spade left her on her answering machine saying, you've spent this whole movie trying to cut off my comedy balls. Spheris also did not like the writer, Fred Wolf, and fired him three times from this production. Lauren kept hiring him back, and then she banned him from the set. I actually think this set could have used having him on it to be able to throw in some punch-up jokes and kind of help work on some aspects of the script. So all in all, I think under different direction, Black Sheep could have been a much more joke-heavy, better movie than it was. You could probably say that about a lot of movies, but there's a reason why Tommy Boy, in most people's opinion, is vastly above Black Sheep. There's no reason why Black Sheep shouldn't be on the same level. He got Chris Farley and David Spade at the peak of their careers coming off of Tommy Boy. The premise of the movie's good. I agree. I think... I think it could have used the help of another writer, especially one like Fred Wolf. Now, Penelope Spheris did direct Wayne's World. Yeah. That is definitely one of my favorite comedies. Well, and I would say Mike Myers and Dana Carvey were definitely more polished and professional at the time yeah. than Spade and Farley. So yep. probably working relationship, very different too. It's funny because we have to pick a winner here. Both movies are great. I would sit down and watch both of these movies anytime. They make me laugh. They're entertaining. I wish we had more movies like them. But when it comes to the script, when it comes to the jokes, when it comes to the overall acting, I think you have to go Tommy Boy. I don't even think it's particularly close in this category. Yeah, and this is really the category that after we've broken everything out, like it kind of comes down to the story and the fun that we had watching it. And yeah, like you said, I would easily watch either of these movies anytime. I just think top to bottom, Tommy Boy's story is better. The way it's written is better. And then just like the pacing is really good. There's really no wasted scenes. Okay, we're going to give this round and this matchup to Tommy Boy. That means if you're keeping track at home, Alex takes a four to one lead over me on the season. Wow. Will I ever win again? Only time will tell. I have faith in you. Any closing thoughts, Alex, before we get into our new rankings? Man, they don't make movies like this anymore. They do not. The mid 90s, just the peak of like these ridiculous comedies, like what a run. And like these two are like right in the middle of it. It feels like this type of movie is just, you know, it's just not around anymore. Maybe we'll see a comeback at some point. I'd like that. Maybe critics should stop overly critiquing these movies on an unfair and harsh basis. I agree. Yeah, that's the thing, too. It's like these critics. It's like, my goodness, like, what are you looking for? Yeah, show some love. I mean, if you're sitting down and watching Tommy Boy thinking that you're going to be watching the social network, sure. OK, yeah, no, it's not going to meet your expectations. But at no point in the marketing 
did they ever make it seem like anything other than just a buddy comedy. And that's yeah. and you get one of the best buddy comedies of all time. Exactly. Okay, what do you got rankings? I'm going to give Black Sheep a 70. And Tommy Boy, I think I'm going to have to go up into the 90s in this one. I'm going to give it a 91. Wow, okay. I like it. I'm giving Black Sheep an 82. Ooh, okay. And I'm giving Tommy Boy a 95. Nice. Wow. I was nervous to go too high, but I like your confidence. There wasn't a single part in the hour and a half that I sat down and watched Tommy Boy that I wasn't laughing and having fun. I'd watch it again right now. If we were together, I would absolutely say, let's sit down. Let's just watch it again. Let's yeah. have a drink and let's watch some Tommy Boy. That's a good motto to go through life. Sit down, have a drink and watch Tommy Boy. Well, we love Chris Farley. We love Tommy Boy. We love Black Sheep. We love comedies. This has been The Movie Showdown with Rock and Rob. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review all that fun stuff. And follow us on all the socials at Rock and Rob Show. Until next time, peace, I'm out of here. See ya. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! I'm not sure what to do with my hands. Bye, Felicia. That's your home! Are you too good for your home? Answer me! Hasta la vista, baby.